The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to Talk with Renee Dallow, episode 114. Talk about building relationships with Allison Davis. A graduate of NYU, Allison Davis called New York City home for more than a decade curating, organizing, and planning events at some of the city's most iconic locations, including the Brooklyn Museum and the New York Public Library. Now she splits her time between New York and Charlotte, North Carolina. With the help of her multi-city team, Allison plans weddings across the country. Her clients rely on her expertise as well as her patience, understanding, and quick sense of humor as they look to celebrate their most meaningful milestones. And today, Allison is with us to talk about why building relationships is more than just networking and how to thoughtfully connect with those around you, which honestly right now is so important as we go back to whatever life looks like in this phase of the pandemic. So go grab your coffee, grab your tea, and talk it out with Allison and me. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Friends, the doors to our January goal-setting workshop are now open. Join me for Biz-ish 2022. Listen. If you're feeling particularly bruised by 2021, this workshop is for you. Biz-ish is meaningful and a little bit magical goal setting for you. Look, 2021 was a year that for most of us will be remembered as a quote unquote wedding boom. I like to call it the year all of our clients went bananas and maybe you did a little bit too. Because truth, this year was kind of bonkers for me as well. And what I think we need right now is instead of ignoring what we're feeling, I think we need to dig down into the muck of 2021 and help each other rise up like a phoenix from the ashes. Dramatic? Well, sure, but we're also living through a literal pandemic, so who knows what's next. If I learned anything from the last two years, it's that working on my business and setting big goals is always important work, despite all the things we cannot control. Listen, I always have my own back and you should have yours too. I also know more than ever that we are better together as a community. So let's gather virtually and get to work and rise up together. So join me for this start of the year workshop. It's a mini course, it's a workshop, it's a little bit magical, it's a lot practical. And let's take a deep dive into the business you ran in 2021 and let's make a plan for the one you want to run in 2022. And honestly, we all know our businesses and our lives are rarely separate. So this work is about all of you, all the wonderful facets of your full, messy, grateful life in business. So we have three calls in January and then three quarterly calls during 2022, because I'm not here for some goal setting that you forget by February. 
To find out more about BizIsh, go to reneedallow.com forward slash goals, reneedallow.com forward slash goals, and know that the doors close before the holiday break. So doors to this close December 23rd. So do not delay. If you want in, and I really think you should be in with us, go now. Check out more about BizIsh, and I will see you inside the January workshop. Now on with the show. Hello, friends. I'm back. Listen, to you, I haven't left, but to me, I have not recorded an episode in months. Did you know we batch record the show? Well, we do. You know, all the behind the scenes knowledge. So if I were to record this show every week, it would never get done. So we record in batches. And I am so thrilled to have my first episode back with the lovely Allison Davis. Allison, how are you? I'm great. I feel like this episode has been like years in the making because so many of your friends have been on the show to be like, why isn't Allison been on the show? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. We have to make it happen. I wasn't because I didn't want you on the show. It's just, you know, life happens. I'm so life glad happens. you're here. I'm so glad to be here. Um, I agree. I feel like this has been uh, ages in the making. And then I had to reschedule a bunch of times because pandemic life. problems. Yes. <laughs> well, but- I'm just and, so, I'm so excited. It's finally happening. Me too. And you know, the rescheduling for everyone listening has a lot to do with the fact that like, there are ve- ve- very many months where I'm like, no, I can't record, <laughs> which is, <laughs> you know, speaks, speaks to the bigger issues of like boundaries and you yes. know, make, making sure that your life is working and other parts of the business are working. And we're going to get to it all today because we are talking about building relationships in the wedding industry. And if you're a listener or a longtime listener, you're going to be like, Renee, you've already talked about it. But here's the thing. <laughs> I haven't. But also, I know that we are in a different time right now in our industry. And I think our relationships are changing and shifting. And so we're going to talk about building, but also maybe rebuilding some relationships that have maybe soured or taken a detour, or like some of my people have said lately, like, oh, people are really showing me who they are. Oh, do you feel that way? Allison? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think we've all been through <laughs> a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like the understatement of the decade. Yeah. Uh, and I do you think people have changed a little? Yes. Do you think you've changed? Yes. Yes. I I feel like, I think one of the things we've been talking about is saying no. Yeah. <laughs> and how it's, it can be so hard to say no, especially in this industry as wedding planners, as women. Mm-hmm. We feel like we want to make people happy and say yes to everything and make sure that we bend over backwards for everybody. And of course, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't enjoy really going the extra mile for people. But at the same time, sometimes that's just not the right choice. It's not the right move. And so I've gotten more comfortable with saying no. And it's like one of those things I've been meaning to do because I know that I should be okay with saying no. <laughs> and the pandemic finally pushed me to the point where I was like, you know what? I should be more realistic about what I have the bandwidth for. Let me just not. <laughs> so interesting that you say that. I was reading something last night. I was reading an article. Um, <laughs> anyone who listens to the show is going to be like, really, Renee? Really? <laughs> uh, I was reading an article about Dan Levy, my favorite internet boyfriend from Schitt's mm-hmm. Creek. Mm-hmm. And he said something in this article that I literally, like, I wanted to print it from the internet and, like, tape it to the wall. <laughs> he said, I've gotten much better as I age with 
realizing the amount of time a project is going to take me Ooh. and figuring out if I have time to do it justice. That, right? Yes. That, that one hit me really hard. Um, <laughs> I think that there's a difference between being available, like having the open space in your calendar mm-hmm. and being prepared to fully commit to something and take something on and do your best work. And that is difficult to learn, I think, at first for any business owner or freelance creative or anybody that reports to anybody for anything, anybody who has a client. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, understanding that difference is massive because there's nothing worse than over committing and then looking around you, looking through your emails, looking through your texts and being like, oh, this, I, I can't. <laughs> right. And, where did and I, I go wrong? <laughs> and I think that might be a place where a lot of listeners are finding themselves sort of teetering on the brink of mm-hmm. sort of like, oh, have I booked too many clients now? Have I taken on too mm-hmm. much? Um, have I said yes to too many things, including volunteer things, creative things? It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. And, And we've talked over the years endlessly about boundaries and saying no and what is right for you and what is wrong for you. But Mm -hmm. after, you know, we're still in this, you know, whatever, quote unquote, wedding boom. There was a period of time a couple of weeks ago in October that I literally told people who inquired that I didn't have time to book them. Mm -hmm. Like I literally said, we're not booking right now. Mm-hmm. for like three solid weeks. And I understand that when I say that it comes from a place of I'm privileged that I can say that. But that's the I've never said that. I've never Allison said You're not the only one. to an inquiry. Oh, I'm really sorry, but I can't meet with you right now. Come back in November. You're not the only one. And I think that that's just realistic at this point. I also feel like anybody who is going to book you should have enough respect for you to hear you say that, to read that email from you and be like, okay, I'll come back. Right. Because that's, that's like a way to kind of test things out almost like to vet your clients, your potential clients. If you tell them in response to their inquiry that you aren't able to meet with them at this moment, but you would love to chat with them in two weeks, three weeks, whatever the case may be. And they come back to you and they have an attitude and they come at you like aggressively (laughs) or (laughs) from a place of like entitlement. And that's great. Thank you for letting me know that you're a terrible fit. You would be a full nightmare as Mm -hmm. a client. Um, Good luck out there. You know, and I think that's an, an interesting perspective because I know when we wanted to talk about this relationship, so we were talking vendor to vendor, but let's talk, let's talk, you know, client to vendor. Like, yeah, that's a huge, that is a relationship that we, uh, we just hope, we hope for the best. But like you said, these red flags can be everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. And I think all of us have stories of the time that we saw a red flag and ignored it and then regretted it for the entire process. Yeah. (laughs) And I think some of that has become especially painful as we've dealt with clients for years on end. Yep. I feel really fortunate to not have put myself in that position. Um, But I know that so many people have accidentally uncovered these really difficult traits within their clients and 
just like we were saying earlier about the pandemic having changed people, it changed some people for the worse, or maybe it just revealed things about people that have always been there, but are now coming to light and making it incredibly difficult to deal with them on a professional level. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like looking for red flags is one thing receiving them (laughs) (laughs) behaving accordingly is another but then also sometimes you do all the best vetting that you can and you still end up with somebody who is um not quite the right client for you (laughs) right when we talk about relationships though just as a general like getting down to the basics of it Mm -hmm. do you feel like relationships in your life at what any stripe like vendor to vendor you know per, even personal mm-hmm. do you think that you are someone who thinks relationships are easy and natural or relationships require work like which camp are you in say a little bit of both i'm definitely one of those people that will like see something and then send it to the person that it makes me think of mm-hmm. um some people think that is super weird and bizarre a lot of times <laughs> those are not my people um, <laughs> Love it. But I, that's just the kind of person that I am. And so I think it's a little of both because I recognize that it takes work to stay in touch with people, um, keep up with them and what they have going on. And so just telling them constantly what you're doing, mm-hmm. and making it one-sided. Yeah. But I also find it pretty easy and natural because I'm generally very curious. Um, I like asking people questions and finding out what they have going on. And so that definitely helps in relationship building, I think in a personal sense, but absolutely in a professional sense. Work really hard and we do really difficult work that takes up the majority of our time sometimes, but we're also human beings with lives. And it's important to remember that and remind each other of that and to remind our clients of that sometimes too. Yeah, sometimes. I know I I think I'm more in the camp of relationships take work. That mm-hmm. whole because I have I guess in my past let myself feel a certain feel a bad way about something that wasn't easy, right? Mm-hmm. If I have a client who it's a little more tricky to communicate with them or we're not vibing the way I wish we would. And years ago, I think a, a more immature me would have been like, "Well, f this. We just don't get along. There's nothing I can do about it." And current me is like, well, there's always something I can do about it because I can always change me, not, Mm -hmm. and not my personality, Mm -hmm. but just change my thoughts about it. Right. Right. Oftentimes a thing happens, a a circumstance occurs, a fact happens, and we put all of our thoughts and emotions and, and we put our stuff on top of it. And we think it's the same way for the other person in this, in our relationship, but it oftentimes is not. And so then I feel like I'm walking around with resentment and how did they ask me for that? And why did they text me at five in the morning? And what were they thinking? And they don't respect me and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, on their side of it, they're like, you know, they're freaked out. They're thinking, oh, she certainly doesn't have her. She doesn't have her phone next to her. Like, this is a a basic, I'm making this up, right? But this is, yes, we can make that mean, oh, they disrespect me and I need to fire them. Or we can just be like, hey, this was a one-off incident and I don't need to to spin out about it. Right. I can communicate right. effectively to them and move forward and how to not have this be like a huge stain on the relationship, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's so hard sometimes, especially when you get really busy, like we all have been. Oh yeah. To keep in mind that 
for the most part, the people that you are dealing with are coming from a good place and a place of trust and kindness. And most of the time, people are not out to get you right, <laughs> or to right. make you feel bad or to upset you. Right. Um, and so reminding yourself of that helps for sure, because I can be quick to run out of patience. Oh yeah, especially um, but, in October. Are you kidding? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, I do have to remind myself that we're all going through it right now. Right. Um, title case going through it. Yes. Um, so <laughs> we we have to be we have to be patient in times where it is otherwise difficult. Yeah. And I think balancing that patience with the intense deadlines that we're often up against is when it gets really difficult. Um, but we're all a work in progress. (laughs) Alison, I know that you are like me, uh, a big fan of networking, but our networking has changed so much in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. So how are we, I mean, what part of building relationships is, is specifically about networking? Do you think? So I think that networking in like the purest sense is honestly awkward and kind of weird yeah um the networking that I did in my previous professional lives where you like go with a stack of business cards and like target people um (laughs) it that's just like not really what happens in the wedding industry so much yeah um and so I think that the networking that works best in any scenario honestly is like genuinely showing an interest in people whether you can see yourselves working together on your next event or not. I feel like it always takes the conversation to a somewhat uncomfortable place when I meet a new vendor, I come in contact with a new vendor, and the first thing they want to talk about is how we can work together. Yeah, it always feels real aggressive. Very aggressive. Because like, I don't know if I want to work with you. I don't even I don't remember know. your name right now. Right. Like, I'm sorry, who are you? Yeah. Um, no shade, but I, <laughs> we don't know each other. Right. Um, and I think the best projects I've worked on, the best weddings, best events I've worked on have been with people that I built relationships with before the opportunity popped up for us to have a client together. Right. And sometimes for a long time before. A long time. It is very much a long game in some of these scenarios. And I'm thinking of specific people right now that both of us are like desperate to work with one another. Yes. And the opportunity just hasn't come up yet. Yeah. Um, but it will. I know that it will. It's just a matter of like hanging in there until it does. Yeah. I think um, the thing that beginning uh, wedding pros and creatives don't necessarily understand because they haven't Mm -hmm. lived it is like this is a true long game y'all yes it is a long long game let me Um, tell you something I I want to tell a story because I think this is appropriate now and I haven't shared it on the podcast because it literally just happened but for (laughs) those of you who follow my moxie bright events account might have seen me talk about um my clients who lost to their wedding venue. So my October oh, yeah. 16th clients lost their wedding venue seven days before the wedding. And it was, um, it was kind of a shit show for that first 24 hours of just kind of sort of chaos and uh, 
I, there's it's so much to the story, but I, I, the point I want to make is um, we ended up at this brand new hotel, like literally it had been open for eight days. Ooh. And the reason that we ended up at that hotel was because the events director is someone that I have known for years who mm. I served on the board with at WIPA. Mm -hmm. And he and I have never done a wedding together. I mean, now we have, but up until that point, we hadn't. We knew each mm -hmm. other socially. We knew each other from volunteer work. Yep. And I said to him, Josh, I have this wedding. I have an intact vendor team. I have a caterer. Can my caterer come use the kitchen at your brand new Hyatt? And he said, let me ask my GM. We haven't fired up the stoves yet. Oh, and wow. he let he let me come in with my vendor team to his literally the carpet had new carpet smell <laughs> venue and that wouldn't have happened if we had not spent years building trust and a relationship and just simply knowing one another and he knew that I was not going to screw him and right. I knew that I could ask hey I know this is crazy but can mm -hmm. we do this and it worked and I I got to you know, on a, on a small level, be the hero of that for my clients. But yes. more than that, I got to like alleviate the stress and, the, you know, figure it out. And, and it was, it was really a beautiful day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you had asked me seven days prior, when I got the bad news, I literally was like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And that is like 100% <laughs> relationships. And then also 100%. to be fair, all the vendors that, that I had to call, I was at another wedding on that Saturday night. Mm -hmm. And I left the wedding, left my assistant in the, in the ballroom to go call the vendors to say, hey, FYI, remember that, remember that venue tour I made you do a month ago? Mm -hmm. We're not going to be there. And mm -hmm. every single vendor said, I know you've got this. Just let me know where to go. Yes. I love that. <laughs> and it was, it was the worst, but best week of my professional career. Yes, absolutely. Because when you can really activate your network in that way and pull off things that seem crazy, but I'm just make magic happen. Honestly, that feels so good. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it, it's just, it's just the best. And it just speaks to how great this industry is that we do this work that requires an immense amount of trust from everyone involved. Yes. And we're also friends a lot of the time. Yeah. Like that's just the best. I just get so excited about that. Oh, I just, I love it. Yeah. I have a similar story. Oh, tell um, me. Also from <laughs> the 16th, my clients, this is not anyone's fault. So if anybody involved is listening, please don't feel bad. I'm not mad at you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my clients opened up their welcome sign and it was shattered into a million pieces. Oh no. Like they were opening it and one of the brides is like, oh, it's broken. And I was like, it's okay. I have glue. And then I saw it and I was like, oh, it's really broken. Okay. Um, so of course I like spring into action because I mean, we could have just not had a welcome sign and sure, it wouldn't have but... been the worst thing, but yeah. I wanted them to have one. I knew sure. that we wouldn't have ordered it if they didn't care at least a little bit. So I'm calling, I'm texting, I'm emailing at the wedding, <laughs> like that afternoon, that morning. And long story short, I picked up a mirror from another planner's house, um, drove it across town to a calligrapher and got them a new welcome sign made, which they didn't have to pay for until after the event. 
and the calligrapher delivered it to the wedding. Amazing. That felt so good. I was so proud of myself for being able to figure out how to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that the people involved, the vendors involved in that scenario trusted me to not screw them over. Yes. Um, because I easily just, to the calligrapher in particular, I easily could have just been like, thanks so much. And then ignored all of her communication. <laughs> right, and right. Like, got a free sign for my clients. Right. If you never wanted to work with her again, of course. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But like, I could have, I could have handled that a lot differently. And I also right. could have been up a creek, you know? Like, right, right. Been like, well, I guess we're going to Michael's to buy you a sign that says welcome. Maybe I and can you know write what? something on it. In your, in your one, you might've had to do that because yeah. you wouldn't have had the connections, but that's, exactly. that's the benefit of having a long career mm-hmm. um, and just working these relationships. I have a question for you though, just yeah. going back to like, so networking as we maybe have seen it in the past, isn't necessarily the same mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. How does how does someone if they're listening who's like a newer planner or who's just who just knows that if any of those scenarios we just talked about happen to them they would be shit out of luck? Mm-hmm. How do you really thoughtfully connect with other vendors? Like how do you, Allison, do it? Yeah, so I know that this is an unpopular opinion, but I really feel like social media is that girl in this scenario. I agree. Um, I I think a lot of people are honestly just tired from being on social media for this long and posting and commenting and making stories and making TikToks. And it's just a lot, it's a lot of work, but at the same time, I think honestly, truthfully, genuinely engaging with other wedding pros on social media will take you a long way. Do not pop up in their DMs asking them how you can work together, (laughs) but comment on their photos that they post and say something besides this is so pretty you know like there's a yes you can definitely comment and say this is so pretty but if you're really trying to build relationships you should probably take it a bit further yeah you know try to build a conversation and eventually try to take it off of social media send them an email hi from instagram that's my go-to title i love a hi from instagram email oh i I feel like i've been like all over someone on social media i finally (laughs) just emailed them like hey i figured it made sense to just email you because i'm like blowing up your dms all the time (laughs) yes and like Honestly, when it gets to that point, usually the person is pretty receptive because you've been having a two-sided conversation. Yeah. Um, And at that point, do you say like, hey, let's get on a Zoom or like, hey, let's meet up for coffee? It depends. Hmm. I think sometimes if I can tell that there's like excitement on the other side of it and there's like genuine connection, then yeah, I will definitely ask for a Zoom, a, a call, some sort of hang. But sometimes it's just nice to make the connection feel more real by emailing. And then I just kind of keep them in my back pocket until the right opportunity comes up, you know? Yeah. Um, it depends on the type of vendor too. So like, I don't want to recommend a photographer without ever having spoken to them right. because I have no idea what your demeanor is like, and I don't know how to match you with my clients. Yeah. If my clients are on 12 all the time and you're on two, <laughs> probably not a good match right or at least I like to warn my people like hey they're a little low energy for you but they're great like right like you have to 
give them context, I think. Yes. You have to be able to give context. You have to like come from a place of some sort of expertise here because otherwise you might as well just send your clients a list of all the photographers you follow on Instagram and let them just pick one, you know? Right. And have no further information for them. Exactly. Let them figure it out. If you're going to really match as a planner, especially, then you should probably aim to get to know the, the vendors that you have your eye on. And so if you are a photographer, if you are a filmmaker, a, a hairstylist, a makeup artist, somebody that has a lot of one-on-one time with clients on a wedding day, the people who are going to be recommending you need to know what your personality is like. Yeah, <laughs> so 100%. Find ways to, to bring that out and to express that because if I have no idea, it's a lot harder but if I have some sort of reference point for you and your vibe and the way you come across, then that's what pops into my mind when I'm thinking, oh, I really need a photographer for my couple for Memorial Day next year or whatever yeah. the case may be. Do you know what I used to do pre-pandemic? And, and now that I'm thinking about it, I might bring it back this year, although I don't know, maybe it feels still a little unsafe. I used to do this um, every December and maybe I used to do it during the slow time. So it was like December and then maybe I'd do it again in like February because we're really slow in LA like in those times, I would literally go through my emails for anyone who reached out, who wanted to like pick my brain, get a coffee, meet me in person, blah, 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 blah. And I would say like, I'm going to be at this coffee shop this day, make like basically make an appointment. I would like speed date vendors over coffee. I'd be like, buy me a coffee, sit with me for 30 minutes. By the end of 30 minutes, I can tell, is this person a match for for I my like clients that. and my husband used to laugh and be like oh it's your audition day I'm like it doesn't feel that way hopefully to them I was just sitting there you know getting to chat all day and eat snacks yeah. but some of my best vendor relationships have come out of some of those days because it's we have literally there's nothing to sell me on because I'm not telling them that I'm thinking about them for a specific mm-hmm. client mm-hmm. everyone's guard is a little bit down because we're at this lovely cafe and we're just being normal and we're surrounded by yes. normality it's not like a, it's not like an event or a networking thing where everyone's right. like it's just like come as you are in your jeans and a t-shirt and that has actually proven to be very you know very useful in really getting to know people because some people just don't do well at those networking events yes yes and I know as an extrovert those are so much fun for me oh me too but for my introverted friends, they're a nightmare. It takes days to prepare and days to recover. I know. That's that's true. I and I know that as well. I I think you and I are are, are self-aware extroverts, right? Like we yes. know that it doesn't it takes me nothing to sit all that sit there all day and talk to people, but other people yeah. are like that is the worst idea you've ever said, Renee. I hate <laughs> right. it. Right. Why would right. you do that to yourself? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> totally. That's such a good idea though. It's For so, extroverts, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to me (laughs) I will say the the last time I did it which was uh the end of 2019 Uh um I I realized that I probably need to do two separate days because what ended up happening was that just in if you're a friend of mine like in life you know that like I can't stop myself from giving people business coaching like on an unannounced they don't want it but I'm like you know what I think you should do I think you should write a book and they're like okay so it turned into a little bit of that and I was like these were probably two different days but oh well how do you feel about getting or receiving gifts as a planner like if someone you don't know sends you a little something I know you're shaking your head she's shaking her head sorry I'm shaking my head I was waiting for you to finish so I could say no no I feel I see I feel the same way Allison but I'm also not a person 
like gift giving is not my love language. Like you're never going to get like an, create like a crazy thoughtful gift for me. I'm just going to tell you what to do with your life and like support you in that. I'm not <laughs> going to like go buy you a fancy candle. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So, okay. First, I will say no, don't send me gifts if we don't know each other. Right. However, however, if we do know each other and I get a gift from you, I am just over the moon. Can't believe it. So excited. This is the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. Yes. Even if it's like the tiniest, tiny thing. I, agree. I just think that's so thoughtful that somebody yes. thought about me of all people and then sent me something. <laughs> I know it's a, it blows my mind. But to get it from someone you don't know. A stranger? No. It keep feels it. like now I owe you something. Yeah, keep it. I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want it. And I I know I know what the goal is, but it's doing the opposite. I don't don't do that. Um yeah, I I like to give gifts again to people that I know. Yeah. How do you feel about kickbacks? Oh, no. Yeah, me me too. I'm no. a no. No. It's a no for me. I just, I feel like I could go on and on and on about this, but I do think that, especially as a planner, if you charge percentage and you're also taking kickbacks on the other side, then gross. that's gross. It's gross. I also, if someone offers me a kickback and generally it's come from like bigger, like videography mm -hmm. companies or photography yeah. companies, I'm always like, I don't need it. I'm, I'm paid appropriately. You give that to my clients. If exactly. you want, if you want to give it to me, then you take a discount. And if yep. you wouldn't take a discount, then don't be offering me anything. Exactly. Because that, it. that $500 means very little to me in the grand scheme of my life. Yeah. And I'd much rather have you give my clients a discount or honestly just keep it than take $500 and then have that be the reason that I lose trust with the client. Right. It's right. not worth it. It's, it's not, not worth it to worth me at all. It. And most of the time uh, for the vendors that I really, truly love, I I'd rather, I'm actually mostly telling them to raise their prices at this point. Be like, oh, yes. what you're charging doesn't make sense. It has to be more. They won't trust you. Mm -hmm. we've got that that's been going around the last couple of months too where I'm like guys come on yeah especially coming out of this pandemic and thinking about all of the work that we all do for our clients and yeah. the fact that there was a period of time and there continues to be an element of life risk involved in the work <laughs> that we do uh yeah charge more whatever yeah. you were charging before the pandemic is most likely not enough for you to be putting your life at risk to go to work like this, I it's just, you should charge more. And also I feel like in having like very real conversations with potential clients, they're expecting everything to cost more because they're also more aware of the fact that people need to make enough money to survive. <laughs> yeah. Um, the fact that so many people are getting very loud about working conditions and how yes. unfair and unreasonable they are across industries is very much in people's minds right now. And of course, there are always going to be people who want to get something for nothing. But I think the very best clients right now are the ones who are saying, I want to make sure that everybody that works at my wedding is paid a livable wage. Yes. And yes. that is major. So pay yourself a living wage. My October 9th clients actually said those words to me. 
Mm-hmm. They said, we want to make sure that everyone who's working at our wedding feels fairly compensated and feels happy to be there. And, mm. and so, and they handed me like a stack of tip envelopes and they were like, please make sure everyone gets these. Like they were, they didn't have a crazy big budget. Right. But they, they're just lovely humans and they yeah. understand that like, yeah, we're still in a pandemic and mm-hmm. we are putting ourselves at risk. And so mm-hmm. they're super grateful for it. Uh, so we're recording this the first week of November and you know, I have had, um, I'll just put myself in, in the, in the line here of fire is that I have had some not great experiences with some of my former, uh, formerly trusted vendor partners. Mm. And it's left me wondering how to repair these relationships, or even if they're worth repairing. And have you been through anything like that? And have, what have you done about it? Yes. Um, (laughs) it is so disappointing because just like we've been talking about this entire conversation, trust is so huge in what we do because we're putting so much in the hands of others every time we show up to work. And I think if it's a situation where you feel like you cannot trust someone, then yes, it makes sure it makes sense to um, be careful and maybe reconsider your relationship but if you feel like somebody made an honest mistake I think that's a an entirely different situation because all of us are again just trying our best to show up 100% these days yep and shit happens yeah no I I agree I I think my own um (laughs) my own tolerance for imperfection has grown yeah. Right. Like on our wedding a couple of weeks ago, the rental company um, didn't didn't drop off the napkins. These like really beautiful, Oops. like bright yellow linen napkins. And none of us noticed, which also was the first problem. Right. That mm-hmm. both myself and two assistants when we were checking the rentals didn't didn't say, oh, those bright yellow napkins aren't here. Right. Right. So that's <laughs> mistake number one that I would have been previously furious about. But then number two, when I called the rental company owner to be like, um, David, I don't have my napkins. And he's like, well, they were in the truck. I was like, well, they didn't make it out of the truck. (laughs) He drove them to me in his personal car. Oh my gosh. And he was like, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was like, no, no, this is a human error. Literally nothing. There was nothing happened except we lost like 45 minutes of napkin folding, not the Mm -hmm. end of the world. Mm -hmm. My clients didn't know. Nobody knew, but it was so on two levels, like I, as the business owner was like, oh shit, none of us noticed this. We are off of our game. Mm -hmm. And two, like the, I was like, I don't need any of this apology. Like you fixed it. We're good. We're so good. And you drove it to me in your car. You're probably like on your way to dinner with your wife. And you were like, oh no, Renee needs napkins. Like we're good. But, and so that situation is, as a no brainer, there Mm -hmm. have been some others like, like the venue that canceled on my clients. You know, I, I have to think on those levels, I sort of do a like fool me once, shame on on you, fool me twice, shame on yeah. me. Yes. And I some there are some relationships that fall into, oh no, I'm not gonna get screwed again. Right. Like you we're know? not doing this again. <laughs> no, I, because I've lost trust, right? Like yeah, I have lost trust on my end that this is a that not just the venue, but like other, you know, whatever is a yeah. is a no longer trusted partner. And the only thing I can do about that is communicate to my current clients or anyone who's booked with them in the future that like, Mm -hmm. maybe we need to reevaluate this and, Mm -hmm. and, or just sort of pause my referral on them for a sec. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that a lot of it too is focusing not so much on the mistake 
and more on the recovery from said mistake. Yes. Because we're all, we're all kind of struggling. Right oh now. yeah. Like we're all a little bit messy right now. I yeah. think. Like, yeah. I don't know about you, but I look back at some of the notes that I took in like summer, fall of 2020 and they're a disaster. A disaster. Oh, full disaster. <laughs> yeah. Like scribble that I'm like, what was this even, what does this right. mean? What was I doing? Yeah. Why did I, what is that? So anyway, it's, it's definitely hard for all of us. This is a traumatic experience that we are still experiencing. It is not yeah. over. And so we're, mistakes are going to happen and it's about owning them and recovering from them relatively gracefully, as gracefully as possible. Yeah. And having somebody go above and beyond for you like that and hand delivering something to make <laughs> up for a mistake is huge. huge. And I feel like that's something that you won't soon forget, No, you know? And even though, yeah, they forgot to deliver your napkins, it, you're not going to stop working with them. In fact, you probably are more inclined to continue working with them because you know that if something did go wrong in the future, that it would get fixed. It wouldn't be an issue. Yeah. Can I tell you another a super yes. messy story from October? Yes. I love you guys. Mess. Like it's all, it's all coming out. So my October 2nd <laughs> uh, wedding was at a private estate in Pasadena and a really mm -hmm. hilly on a cul-de-sac street and a really hilly section of town. And we had load in uh, like a Thursday. And so I had my little SUV across the street from the home. Cause I wanted to not be in front of the house for the truck. Yeah. I was in my, my client's backyard and I heard the rental truck pull up and then I heard a crash and no. then my venue rep came running down the driveway to tell me that the rental company, a different company than the one I just talked about, had um, crashed into my car. <gasps> so when I say that October was a shit show, like, it's not hyperbole. I'm oh not like, oh, God. a few things happened that weren't great. It was like, no, everything happened. Now, however, the the point of, of, of me even mentioning this is that it's all in the recovery, right? Yes. Like my venue rep, like literally on a sprint down the, down the driveway, it was like, Renee, 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 you know, immediately we had, we had insurance. We had people on the phone. We had photos. The driver mm -hmm. showed me his driver's license. Like everyone in that scenario did everything right. Mm -hmm. My car was mostly drivable. No one was injured, right? In the grand mm -hmm. scheme of life, like I could have looked at that situation, going back to the mindset piece that I talked about before, right? Mm -hmm. Like the circumstance happened. My car was hit. I could have been like oh my god what a way to start October now this whole wedding is cursed in my whole life oh, and yeah. how am I gonna what am I gonna do and I full could have down. full meltdown right mm -hmm. I didn't because I've done so much work on the mindset and all that all those things all that self-development but Amen. also right also the venue the, the the rental company rather was just like here's everything you need what else can we do how can we help you and I was like you know what let's just get this loaded in no one was hurt we're good I like that Right. And so in every circumstance, in every relationship, in every situation, you can mm -hmm. choose to say, mm -hmm. hey, that vendor who sent you that broken mirror, screw them. I'm never going to use them again. They suck. Or you can be like, hey, mistakes happen. I was able to fix it. it Let's try again some other time. It's not yeah. the end of the world. Yeah. I got, you know, I got to flex my hero muscle this week. Mm -hmm. Great. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's not the end of the world. And something that I used to hear often that recently resurfaced when I was working with a, a new associate 
a couple weeks ago was the saying that it's just chicken and chairs. Oh, and- what's this? I don't know this. Oh, I think this is the thing that originates at a catering company in New York. And I used to work in catering too. And so I think it just has spread through that community. But it is just chicken and chairs. And it is not life or death. Um, The work that we do, obviously, it's very important work. It's very detailed work. There's a lot of pressure on all of us. But at the end of the day, it is not life or death situations. It's just chicken and chairs. I love it. And when mistakes happen, which they are going to happen, we can recover from them. And for the most part, something like napkins missing, broken signage, that sort of thing, no one's going to die. Right. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Yeah. Allison, what do you think for people listening who are like, oh man, if any of these things happened, I would be shit out of luck. I would have no one to turn to. Like, where do you start with your, with your relationships with, with your fellow community? Um, I would say start with the people you already know, check in on them. I know that the check in on your people is, is kind of played at this point as a saying, <laughs> but you really should like hit them up especially the ones that you haven't spoken to in a while or you've just been liking their posts on social or like maybe replying to their stories or whatever on Instagram, send them an email, see how they're doing, what they've been up to. Don't say to them, when can we work together? (laughs) Send me a client. But just ask them like how it's going. Is their wedding season over? Do you have anything left? Do you have anything exciting coming up? Do you have anything cool that you're working on for next year? Just say hello and focus on the people that you already know. And a lot of times the best relationships that you end up having come from the community that you already have. And so the reason why I have connections to a lot of the people that I work with now is because I was introduced to them or referred to them by people that I knew from like day one in my business and just focus on what you have and grow from there. I mean, of course, if you wanted to email Jose Villa, you could, (laughs) Um, but you should probably start with like the photographers that, you know, locally and build with them. Or you can be like me and have a whole conversation with Jose Villa at engage and then not know who you're talking to. Oh, he told we talked a whole story about how he had he had horses as a kid and he told me all the horses names and it was about this ranch and we were talking about the whole thing we were t- like at 30 minutes and I I I stopped myself just short of saying what do you do because Who are you right because I knew that like I was engaged so obviously he was someone capital someone. s sub capital o oh but I gosh. I was talking to him just like la 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 yeah. And then we like, you know, the conversation came to its natural end or we mm-hmm. had, there was something happened. And my, my friend, it was Leah Weinberg, who I was standing <laughs> next to, she turns to me and she goes, how do you know Jose Villa? And I'm like, who's Jose Villa? And she's like, like, excuse me? She's like, you don't know. Who, I go, no, I know who that is, but I don't know him. And she's like, you literally just spent 30 minutes talking about his childhood. And I was like, oh, um, yeah, I didn't see, he didn't wear his, he didn't uh, have his name tag on. I mean, that's, that's genuine though, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, afterwards I emailed him and I was like, Hey, so we met, talked about your horses. So like I could basically, I don't you know. Could. Was, you could, you could check on his horses. If you don't already know him right. or have a connection to him, maybe don't, maybe if you're <laughs> listening to this and you work in a small market, you want to continue to build community with the people around you. You feel like you haven't seen your local vendors in a while 
hit them up see what they're doing yes agreed and i also see and also like i i I tend to react well to this and i i'm always hesitant to say it because i don't want it to spiral into something else but Mm -hmm. people who i haven't heard from in a while who reach out to me and they express something slightly vulnerable or yeah. like real, like I yes. want to know what's real, right? Like Talk to me. a photographer that I haven't seen in a while is like, Hey, I know I have, I've been out of touch. I've, you know, been kind of keeping tabs on you through the pandemic. My dog just, just died a couple of weeks ago. They're oh. like, sorry about your dog. You know, um, I'm back, I'm back and forth from Santa Barbara. Next time I'm up, do you want to get coffee? And I'm like, yes. And, you know, kind of open the door to a little conversation about like, oh, yeah. you know, she's going through something she and her partner split up. Like it just kind of opens as human beings. Right. I'm not saying email someone like all of your inside guts, please don't, but just a little something like that's real. Something. Like, yeah. Hey, I, and, it, everything's sorry, bananas. How about you? Right. Like just yeah. something like that. Yes. It's important to, to be your whole self. I think when the situation calls for it and allows for it. And I think, that is also related to the conversation we were having about making sure that you show a human side of yourself, not just to your peers and other industry pros, but also to your clients. Like some of the best advice that I got um, from a planner that I really look up to and respect was to check in with your clients every week or so and make sure to mention something that you did in your personal life. So maybe on Mondays, which is when I check in with my clients, tell them that you just watched you on Netflix or Mm -hmm. you went to your grandma's birthday party, which I mentioned to my clients recently, Yeah. um, or you just got a dog or whatever the case may be so that it humanizes you a little bit more. And not to make it seem like our clients don't think that we're humans because obviously they know that we we are, but- I think it's it's nice to continue to keep that thread going because that makes it so that they give you a little bit more grace as you move through the process and they remember that there's a human being on the other side of the interaction. Yeah. Um, and also it allows you to build a deeper relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, as a planner who is curious and asks a million questions to my clients, when I tell them something about my personal life, a lot of times they'll tell me something too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. And then that's how I can find out like weird little things that I can reference later when we're talking about like the design choices. And I'm yes. like, oh, this is just like that plant you have in your house. And it's sometimes I don't say it like that because it sounds very creepy, <laughs> but sometimes it hits and they're like, oh my gosh, you're right. That's such a great reference. Other times they're like, "Mm, that's a bit much. Well, then they're like, how are you in my head? It's like, because I've been asking you questions and we've been having a, we have a relationship that they don't even understand that is building. Exactly. That's Uh, the best feedback when I present a whole design deck and then the client's like, how did you know that this is what we wanted? This is everything. I'm like, oh, you know, it's just, this is what I do. (laughs) <laughs> in reality, it's because I have been studying you, girl. I know everything. Yeah. I read every single thing that you send me more than once. <laughs> mm-hmm. I told you to make that Pinterest board. I'm looking at it. <laughs> I'm asking you questions before we get into the the contract review on our phone calls. Like, I know you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's my job. So good. I think, I think that's the mic drop. I know you. 
that's yeah. what relationships are about, man. Yeah. You see them and they see you. I just want people to feel seen, you know? Mm. Allison, <laughs> where can all the lovely folks find you on the internet? Because I'm sure they're going to be obsessed with you now like I am. <laughs> so find us on Instagram. I'm doing my best to post on a regular basis. My assistant is holding me to that. Instagram is at Davis Rowe, D-A-V-I-S-R-O-W. Also on TikTok. Going to make a TikTok soon. I have one TikTok. I'm going to make another one. And then on our website, which I'm incredibly proud of because it was a real labor of love, davisrowe.com. And you can also email me directly because as I may have made clear, I really like getting personal emails. <laughs> <laughs> My email address is Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N at davisrow.com. Love it. Well, Allison, you're going to get all the emails. From I'm people, ready. No gifts, you guys. Keep please your gifts. Don't. Please, please don't. Keep your gifts. Allison, thank you so much for being here. This was a delight. Talk <laughs> thank to you, you so all much. Day. You guys. This is the time to invest in relationships. I don't know how many other times we can talk about it, but especially now in this fourth quarter of the year, as you are wanting to wind down and get under a weighted blanket and drink hot cocoa with your family, Mm. yes, dive into those relationships. Yes, but then also dive into your professional relationships because eventually the snow will thaw and you will go back to work. Mm -hmm. I say snow, like there's any snow in LA, hilarious. Um, You're and you want the picture. That's right, right. You want your <laughs> vendor team to have your back. You want mm. those referrals. You want that healthy business. And it really, more than anything, comes down to relationships. So, Allison, thank you again. Thank you. This was so much fun. Yay. I'm glad we had fun. Me too. <laughs> for my listeners, I adore you. Thank you for spending this time with us. Um, I, ne- I I realized someone someone told me this the other day. They're like, you never tell people to subscribe. And that is just an oversight. Y'all subscribe. I don't know. I thought you all were. If you're not subscribed and every Thursday you go hunting and pecking for the show, I don't know what to tell you. Just hit subscribe. That's all I have to say. Subscribe to the show. So there I've said it for everyone who emailed me to say I didn't say it. I will see you next week, friends. Same time, same place. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at ReneeDallow.com forward slash podcast and connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial grade supplies for every industry with same day pickup and next day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help so you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, click or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.